I actually own Grand Turismo One. And I think yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it was like there was a certain part I just couldn't pass because you had to be really good. I remember you like replaying videos of you crashing into the wall and shit. Oh yeah, in yeah. my dorm and constantly replaying like this one driving test to uh, the tune of uh, sex type thing. That's why I like that song so much because sex type thing always, whenever that song first starts, it makes me think of driving down that hill in that test. I said I want to play Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. Welcome to episode 149. We're closing in on 150, but this is 149 of the TryGames.net podcast where we talk about um, movies like Meet Dave because they show up on HBO while we're recording the last episode, and that movie sucked. Uh, no, we actually talk about video games, so if you don't like video games, then what are you doing here? Go away. Um, it no, is no, Saturday. Okay. Tell your friends who like video games. That's true. Okay. It's Saturday, October 3rd. It is 12.24 p.m., and we are waiting on Pete, who has not showed up. Slugger. Yes, in lieu of Pete, we have me, the host, Austin, Mr. Chupon, as he is known as I am, not he. I'm not going to refer to myself in the third person, as I am on the website. And the other host, who is also known on the website as fake name, what? The Antipode. His real name is what? Al-G-G-G-Gatling. It's pronounced exactly that way, so if you don't pronounce it that way when you meet Al, he will punch you with his hair. Right. Very fortuitously. Yeah, I know. Yeah, what have you been playing? Mm. I have been <laughs> playing. Hmm. I played some Okami today. Not today, Okami. yesterday. Because um, I wanted to test out my Wii. There were reports that the new firmware update bricked Wii's. Mine is not affected. Um, so I'm 15 hours and 22 minutes into that. And I really should continue playing it so I can finish it. I don't know how close I am to finishing it. I still have four uh, brush techniques to learn. Uh, before you go on, yeah. random factoid: uh, it is apparently available for ten bucks on the Capcom store, the PS2 version. Wow! I don't know if it's for a limited time. I just saw a blog post on it, like right before uh, we went into recording. So, mm-hmm. that's cool. If you don't have a Wii and you have a PS2, get it. Or if you don't have Okami, get it on any platform possible. Like right, and then get Okami then. And what did it do? Then get Okami then. Oh, the DS one. Okay. Yeah. The cute one. Um, let's see. I played that. I played some Assassin's Creed this morning. I finally got to Jerusalem. Just assassinating people, killing Templars <laughs> and stuff. It was fun. I was um just on the road looking at the viewpoints and getting flags and stuff. And I was riding my horse. And, uh, you know, there are guys who stand on these watchtowers. And so I'm riding on the on the horse. And they'll always see you first. So I get mad I when that. they see me. And I'm like, oh, you're going to fucking die. <laughs> so when they see me, it all changes to panic mode or whatnot, and I hop off the horse. And then I run up to the guy on the ground. There's usually a guy on the ground, too. Yeah. He's not paying attention for some reason. Even though like, the guy on the guard tower is like, get him, he's the assassin. I, I'm down on the bottom, running toward the guard at the bottom with his back turned toward me. And then I stab him with the hidden blade, usually with the jumping lunging, because that's just so gangster. And um, then I climb so up the ladder, gangster. yep, and I kill the guard on top. Now, sometimes, only sometimes, 
the guard on the top gets like freaked after I kill a guy on the bottom so fast mm-hmm. that he wants me to spare him. <laughs> really? Uh, yes. The the one time I came across that before you go on is mm-hmm. like the archer kept on you know hitting me with his stupid arrows from a distance and I couldn't see him and finally I just got fed up and I climbed up the ladder and I just kind of like brute forced my way into the into where he was standing and like pushed him over and he died. Oh yeah, that that do a lot too. I got I'll tell you, um, I got into a big fight too later on. I threw somebody off a cliff. But um this this guy, I climbed up the, the ladder and so he's on his knees like, "Dude, don't kill me. Don't kill me." And I'm like, "Sure, I won't kill you." <laughs> I won't kill and, you. But someone else. So, will. um yeah, then one of the viewpoints was guarded by a whole bunch of people. Maybe they were building the viewpoint or something. It was their territory. So I took the horse, and I was going to do it one way. I was going to do it the subtle way, where I was going to maybe find a way to climb up and then, like, kill somebody and then get to the viewpoint. And I'm like, you know what? Let's not do that. So I ran back with the horse. I reared him, and then I charged straight through. He wants to rear your child. Sorry. Anyway, uh, I charged straight through, ran over, like, two people. And then I kind of <laughs> got into a dead end. Innocent bystanders? Oh, no, no, no. These are the, um, the okay. guards that I'm running. I was going to say, I was like... Yeah, I did that too. Um, I just like ran straight through a village. I was like, fuck this. I was just like tackling <laughs> people you. with a horse. And people were just like getting run over. I'm like, I, I have some fuck. horse meat. <laughs> so um, back to the fight. I, I get into a dead end. I hop off the horse. And these guys all surround me. There's like maybe eight of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly getting hit, and uh, I got hit so bad that my energy bar was gone, and one more hit would kill me. Uh huh. But I managed to hang on, and I was blocking people and whatnot. Hold on, countering people, and then I managed to kill them all. Uh, but one guy, he was <laughs> standing on near the edge of a cliff. He grabbed me and threw me away from the cliff, and I'm like, "You dumbass!" So I went up and grabbed him and pushed him, and then he went tumble, 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 and then went. Ah! Off the cliff, I'm like <laughs> dumbass. So then I went and uh, fought the guy who was right next to him and killed him. And then I climbed up the tower and looked at the viewpoint. And that was the last one before I got into Jerusalem. Got into Jerusalem, and then uh, I saved. But um, that was that was pretty fun, just being a badass as opposed to just like you know that silent killer just beating me out, right, killer? Yeah. Cool. Uh, played some Madden and Silent but Deadly. I am playing an online franchise, of course, like I mentioned before, and I'm also yeah. playing a regular franchise just so I can get more playtime with uh the Steelers and kind of get better at the passing game, which I'm terrible at. Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't played the offline franchise this week because I've been busy. But I played my online franchise game yesterday and won. Uh, barely, but it was it was a nice epic fight, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking win. I don't give a damn. Even though I threw like two interceptions, and they threw two interceptions, and they both were for touchdowns and whatnot. Uh, at the end, I kicked the field goal and won. So it was 27-24. Um, so I'm now I'm one and two. Who'd you beat? Who who was uh, that you beat? This was the computer. Was oh okay. Angles. You said um, online. I I thought it might have been one of your friends. No, um, next week, or should I say later tonight, we're going to move on to week four, and um, night I'm going to be playing against uh, this guy who I used to work with at Acclaim. Uh, he's playing as the Chargers, so I don't know, I'm probably going to lose. <laughs> no, Mary Kate. Uh, but we'll see. 
Um, let's see. I played Madden. I played Assassin's Creed. Uh, I played some Gears of War 2 with uh, my brother-in-law. And I sucked terribly at it. And they, they play like all the time. And um, I was always at the bottom of the list. They were playing Execution online. Where basically you have to either one hit kill somebody or uh, damage them so that they're crawling and then execute them. Mm-hmm. And I played terribly. But that's because I don't play Gears of War 2. Uh, not even online, but I don't I haven't really played Gears of, Gears at of all. War 2, period. Like, I played maybe the first chapter with Edu, and that's it. Um, I need to get on that, because... Yeah, me too. I highly enjoyed the first... I, I, mean, I mean, I don't even own it yet. So. Oh, yeah, it's like 30 bucks now or something like that. It's 30 I just spent stupid money on stupid PSN games. Not Save PSN it. games, but... Get it, um, uh, probably get it in November, December. It'll probably go down again. That's a good point. Um, uh, speaking of PSN, I've been playing some PSP and some DS, and I've made some changes. I am playing Izuna too, but I'm putting it on hold because it's just slow to monotonous right now, and I'm stuck on this dungeon that is 20 floors, and by the time it gets like the 17th floor, they really just like beat the shit out of me. So I'm like, ah, I'm gonna hold on it for a while, play something else, and then come back to it. So I'm gonna play Contra 4. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, yeah, and at the same time, moving bought... from monotony to difficulty, right? Uh, at the same time, I'm I'm moving on to the PSP and I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, which is going smoothly. And I'm also playing Prinny. Can I really be the hero? Which you also got. Yep. And I I, I only really got the game. Is you know ten dollars on PSN. It's like that for a week. So if you well. You're probably not going to hear this episode until after the week is over. But if you happen to know, or if you got it, then great. It's $10 yeah. along with some other games, which Dude. is $15 and $10. Uh, Prinny is a really cool game. It's about uh, the Prinny character in Disgaea, who uh, I learned what it is, which is really cool. It's uh, actually the soul of like a criminal, a human criminal, after they pass away. And- <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, God. Sorry. Good God. Uh, they get transferred into these little penguin-like characters who explode when they're handled roughly. And they have penguins. And they have, they're forced to live a life of servitude to the demons in the netherworld. So uh, this game is an action platformer featuring that character uh, where the goal is to find the ultra dessert for Etna. If you are familiar with this guy, you know who Etna is. Um, if you're not, then... Well, get this guy up. <laughs> get your ass familiar. And the only reason why I'm really attracted to this game is because it's a 2D platformer that apparently is, um, like, sh- shit tough. Like, tough as nails as you progress further on. And the way it works is, like, there's six stages. You can choose from any stage, and you have to get to the end and fight the boss and beat the boss. Um, as you finish stages, it transfers from night to uh, from day to night, and as it goes closer and closer to night, the stages get harder because the demons get tougher. Mm. And depending on how you do the stages, the stages that you choose at the end can probably be really, 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 really hard. Oh, I should have thought about that before I actually started playing. Ah, and there's two difficulties. There's the regular difficulty and the hard difficulty, which they call Hell's Finest. Which one did you choose, Austin? Uh, casual. Oh, I chose Hell's Finest. Oh, hell no. I'm not gonna, I, I don't I'm like, I don't wanna play, I mean, I'm probably wanting to play in the game twice, but I really wanted to just go straight into the throw my PSP against the wall mode. 
I don't want to throw it. I like it. I don't want to. I don't want to have the temptation to buy a go instead, which I won't because it's, <laughs> it's a waste of money. Yeah. Though I will uh, say, if I if if I started, all right, if I started downloading stuff now, uh, like mm-hmm. en masse, then at least I would you know save the trouble of transferring. Oh, there it goes. I'm sorry. I am actually playing it right now, and I'm. Oh, it ran away. Fuck. Huh? <laughs> there, there are these little red enemies that you can defeat. But oh god. There's these little red enemies that you can defeat, and they're little they're, they're dolls. So if you mm-hmm. defeat them, they go into your doll collection, and you can get stuff for them. Oh. But they run really fast, and I hit I like I hit one just now for like I, I'm assuming um, you have to hit them a lot to kill them. So oh. I, I'm assuming that um, I maybe got a fifth of the way in, and then it just ran off it ran off a cliff. <laughs> so technically, it died, but I didn't kill it, so it's kind of pointless. And then someone knocked me into the same cliff, and I died, and I'm starting over. Fantastic. And you wonder why they give you a thousand lives. <laughs> Ten thousand. I only have a thousand. You only have a thousand? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe the person who wrote the review on one up couldn't count. They said ten thousand. Well, it, well, it depends. Oh, if maybe they start on hard mode. On hard mode, maybe they give you ten thousand. Yeah, maybe. Well, then that wouldn't, that would kind of defeat the purpose of it being hard. I mean, granted, granted it's well, harder. Maybe they give you more lives to compensate, but. Well, I don't it's know, also, also, you, you can take three hits on casual oh. mode. Yeah, and um, you only take one hit. And on only that. one hit on, on like, really hard, so mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, oh, God, here it comes again. That that <laughs> really, um, I, I think that, you know, I, I it's sort of, yeah, it does defeat the purpose of it really, really hard, but at the same time, it makes it manageable because it's like, if if you get hit three times, you can still advance. If you get hit once and you die, you can't advance, and you have to start over from the spawn yeah, point. Yeah, you got to so start from like, the, the checkpoint. Yeah. So, yeah, odds are they probably do give you 10,000 lives in, um, in hard. Yeah, I, I, just for the record, I've only played through the, the tutorial demo this morning, and Austin has played it a lot more extensively than I have so far. Uh, you started playing it this morning or yesterday? I started playing it yesterday when I got home. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not that far into it. I've, I've played the two tutorial stages and then um, the first stage. Um, see, I don't know how it works. Like, There's six areas you can go to, but I don't know if they're sub-areas, or if once you're done with that area, then you're done. It, it can't be that. I think but, once you're done with that area, you're done, and then you have to go into the next one, whatever one you choose, because the way it was described, it was like, you can pick any of those six stages, but as you progress further, the remaining stages get tougher than they would be if you played them right. earlier. Um, and so to end my uh, little thing of what I've been playing, I also downloaded the demos for uh, Half Minute Hero. I, the demos that are on PSN are the Hero, the 32nd Hero, and the 32nd Evil Lord. Okay. And, uh, the 32nd Hero is, if you've seen any of the videos, like, I, I managed to see the Giant Bomb video, um, at work, even though there was no sound, I bet you it was funnier with sound, but it was pretty funny to watch. Uh, the basic concept is, the, the Hero is an RPG. The Evil Lord is an RTS. I don't remember what the Princess game is, but they didn't have it up for demo. A dating sim, I don't know. <laughs> uh, now, each of these games are 30 seconds long. And, and not in terms of, like, a 30 seconds, uh, you know, the, you have only 30 seconds to complete the entire game, but technically the game ends after 30 seconds elapses. Uh, that sounds very confusing, so I'll continue. Talk to the uh, mention about how you can like pray to replenish time. Of course. Cause, cause, okay. Uh, so the way it works is 
in Hero, there is an evil lord, and the evil lord wants to destroy the world. And he can do so in 30 seconds. And what you have to do is you have to run around, level up, uh, go into town, and when you're in town, the time stops. And you can buy gear, you can refill your health, um, and you continue to level up. When it gets close to uh, the 30-second mark, once you know the time starts to count down, you do have the ability to pray to the uh, time goddess, who is a gold <laughs> digger. <laughs> she she tells you outright, I have things I want to buy, so I have to charge you. Well, what you do is when you pray to the goddess, you give her money, she rewinds time. Now, the only thing that rewinds is how much the time clock. is left until right. the world ends. So it's not like you got to do everything over again, your levels go back, whatever. So it gives you more time to finish the game. Uh, there, The first level that I play, because there are two levels in the demo, the first level is really simple. You just go to one town, and then you fight, 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 and then you go to the um, evil lord's place, and then you kill him. What's funny about the game is that all you really do is run around. All the battles are automatic, so you run into the enemies. You basically bounce against the enemies like in uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> Remember that? You literally just, like, run into them. Yeah, you literally run into them, and then hit points cl- uh, click off. And then um, you can actually speed it up, but as whenever you run, you lose HP. So you don't want to do that too much. Right. Uh, so then you kill. You can kill the enemies, and you gain levels. And the f- higher level you are, the stronger you are, so the less of a chance you lose HP and the quicker you can kill the enemies. You can get weapons, which make you stronger, and gear that makes you, uh, you know, armor that helps protect you. Um, and then you get to Evil Lord's Castle, and you can kill the Evil Lord. Usually you know because there is a little sign on the screen that says, You, greater than sign, evil. And that's, your <laughs> sign that, <laughs> that's your sign that you can just go into the Evil Lord and, and finish him off. The second level that they had in Hero was... Um, a little bit larger, and there was a castle with guards. The guards will only join you if you have a cool-looking sword, which they sell in the neighboring town. So you run around to gain levels, get money, uh, pray to the goddess a couple of times. Every time you pray to the goddess, it costs more money to um, rewind time. So first it's 100, then it's 200, then it's 400. She take um, money! <laughs> so um, you get the cool sword, you go back to the guards, the guards help you fight, and there's a monster in the middle, a really tough monster, like a, a some kind of snake or something. And you can't kill it by yourself because it's so hard to beat. And mm. you have to be really strong to beat it. There's also a cave in the north that has treasure and a lot of strong monsters. So you have an option as to how you want to get to the Evil Lord's castle. And there's also a town on the other side. So what I did, which I, I'm going to do it a different way, but what I did was I ran around, gained levels, got the sword, got the guards... Gain more levels. Um, actually had trouble fighting the snake, so I went around the long way and went to the second town. Uh, then they told <clears> me that there, the, the evil lord shoots lightning, and there should be something that can uh, deflect the lightning. Now, there's an old man in the first town who's sick. He needs medicine from the second town. So you go get the medicine from the second town, go back to the first town, give it to the old man, and he gives you a tin hat that deflects <laughs> the lightning. And then after that, I went through the middle, killed the snake with my high levels and my guards, went to the evil lord because it said you great an evil lord. He wouldn't tin conduct like, lightning? Hmm? I, I'm thinking, wouldn't a tin hat conduct lightning? It probably I'm no would. doctor, but... <laughs> it probably would. <laughs> In this game, it deflects <laughs> So you run around with this tin hat on, 
and the evil lord is shooting at you and it's not doing any damage. You just run to evil lord and just kill him. And that was it. But I didn't go into the, the, the cave because I didn't have any time. Uh-huh. So uh, the next time I play through, I'm probably going to just go into the cave and not bother with the snake in the middle. And probably not even bother with the guards, even though the guards make it really easy. Because there's two of them, and you get three attacks per turn, quote-unquote. Um, then I play Evil Lord. And Evil Lord is a little confusing. Um, the way that works is it's an RTS, 30-second RTS, where you have to kill <laughs> the evil chancellor. Uh, who's basically, uh, an entrepreneur. <laughs> what? <And laughs> yes. Basically, the evil, the evil, the bad guy in Evil Lord is a human who wants to make money. And he makes money by doing things that aren't exactly good. They don't really make it clear as to what it is, but they, he's, he's exploiting people or exploiting things to make money. And as it's Bobby Kotick. Wait. <laughs> as the beautiful Evil Lord, uh, with his, with his lover who was transformed into a bat by a curse and serves as his umbrella. Um, umbrella. Ha- huh? Umbrella. Yes, the bat, <laughs> the bat who is the evil lord's lover, which actually, you know, like I said, was transformed into a bat by a curse, opens up his wings and is an umbrella. So, umbrella. Walking around, he's carrying an umbrella, which umbrella. is his lover, who's a bat. <laughs> Yes, and I'm... What? Yeah. So anyway, uh, the the main way you play this game is that you have triangle, circle, and square, which summon monsters. And those monsters interact with the enemy monsters in a Rochambeau, rock, paper, scissors kind of way. <laughs> yeah, I kick boots. you in the nuts, and you kick me in the nuts, and then we see who falls over first. <laughs> so you have brutes that are good against the... Um, uh, the, the nimble ones, and the nimble ones are good against the shooters, and the shooters are good against brutes. Now, the way this works, which is weird, is you have a mana bar, which I ha- have not found yet, but when you summon a monster, the mana bar goes down. And as you keep on summoning monsters in uh, succession, they get weaker. So if you summon, say, a brute, you'll summon like this big, like nasty-looking gorilla-type monster. But if you keep summoning them, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> And, and they look wimpier and wimpier, and they have like fewer hit points and fewer attack points and whatnot. And if you summon more and more number ones, they come out first looking like these big, like velociraptors. Not even for velociraptors, but like big, almost like dinosaur, reptilian type of creatures. And then they come out looking like little bats and stuff. Mm. And then the shooters are supposed to be like um, magicians or whatever, and then they come out looking like little blobs. F after a while. So what you have to do, I think, is you have to summon some and wait a bit, and then summon some and wait a bit, and you can make them charge as long as they're in your magic circle. Then there's other things like the Fab Four, where uh, I haven't really used it yet because Evil Lord is kind of hard to understand for me at the moment as to how to really efficiently win. But the Fab Four are these big demons that you can use to attack. If you get near them with your circle of magic and then press R, It'll unleash whatever that power is. So one of the Fab Four is this like fire-breathing dragon. If you get near it, and you press R. It's supposed to shoot fire. I haven't done it yet. Uh, and then there's these big like elephant-looking creatures or whatever. Uh, you can put them in your circle of magic, and then they like have this heart, and they like love you, and then you can charge them against the enemy. <laughs> they love you. Yeah, they they love you when you when you put your magic circle near them. <laughs> And uh, so That's wrong. you use that to get to the chancellor, and then you kill the chancellor. Now, 
of course, this takes 30 seconds, and, uh, 30 seconds is definitely not enough time to beat the, uh, the level, because you can take 30 seconds just fighting the first mob of enemies. So the time goddess is here, this bitch, talking about, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have things, I, I, I have things I want to shop for, so I'll, I'll need money. When you kill enemies, they drop gold. Mm-hmm. So she says, I'll reset time for you, I'll reverse time for you, but I'm gonna have to take all of your money to do so. So it doesn't matter how much you have, it's all, she just takes all of it. Right. And she hides in the level disguised as a gold barrel. And what? whenever you get near, yes. Whenever you get near the barrel, she pokes her head out. <laughs> it's so stupid. And so as you're killing these enemies, you're summoning monsters and sending them against the guys, and then they drop gold when you kill them, you pick up the gold, and then it's like five, four, three, two, run to the barrel, and then touch the barrel, she takes all your money, and then time reverts. And then you keep going, keep going, and then you get to the chancellor, and then you can kind of maul him, it takes a good five seconds to maul him, and then, uh, you win, you win. And the chancellor has this thing. He's always calling you a pervert. What? I don't know. Yeah, and it's funny. You have to read it yourself. Like the the dialogue in this game is really funny. Um. So yeah, that's what I have played this week, which is hilarious. That thirty second hero shit. I can't wait to get it. It's, When's uh, it coming out again? The thirteenth, the fifteenth? On the thirteenth. Thirteenth. Yeah. So everyone should get thirty uh, half minute hero because it's freaking awesome. And it's like I think fifty levels or something like that. So, uh, I yeah, know. I don't know the specs, but I might have to. I might have to finish Prinny before the thirteenth because once I get half minute hero, you're not gonna I'm, stop. I'm not gonna stop playing that until it's completely done. And I think there's a hard mode in that too. And I'll probably play it on hard just because I won't be able to get enough of it. Oh goodness! Um, so yeah, I've rambled on enough. I just died again. Ah. Oh. Well, while you're dying and stuff, I'll also mention that I got the Death Clock album uh, this week. Uh, Death album too. And Thunder. that album is freaking awesome. Horse. Thunder. It, it's just like straight uh, metal, crazy power in your face. Power in your face. Yeah, and it's got production to it too. So it's not like the first album where it was, it, it was almost like a live album. Uh, there's a lot of backup vocals and there's a lot of overdubbing or, or you know textured guitars and it's, it's definitely a lot louder uh more fierce it's great album um this motherfucker yeah, just done. laughed at me when it killed me <laughs> f me i bet you that it if you uh like died quite a few times it would be very maddening very glib you need some practice oh fucking god ah oh, man i really want to buy a country rebirth and I could have bought it yesterday, but I was being lazy. What's late? Oh, because you didn't want to turn on the Wii. And, and I just fell down to another no, no, pit. I okay, did. I'm going to put this on sleep because this is getting me mad. <laughs> I did turn on the Wii and I played Okami, but I oh, didn't go to the shop channel and buy Country Rebirth. So lazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just happy that I was able to buy Printy yesterday. <laughs> so lazy. So lazy. Uh, I think I would... Um, I, I want to say that I'm not going to put this on the level of Ghouls and Ghosts, but then they I remember compare it to that. I, I remembered that Ghouls and Ghosts do, doesn't give you a thousand lives. Yeah. So I would and probably also, say it's around that point. Um, yeah, I do want to mention that in the review on oneof.com, they said that uh, this is 
they they compare it to Ultimate Ghouls and Ghosts for PSP, even though I mean you can compare it to the entire Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts franchise, right? right. Uh, where if you jump, you can't change your trajectory, and um, the you know the placement of the enemies they say as in contrast to Ghouls and Ghosts is a lot more thought. Uh, there's a lot more thought put into the placement of all the objects in the game just to kind of really make you mad, <laughs> make it really tough. Um, but then they were also talking about how, you know, you don't get to really uh, see all of the inner workings of the game until the second time you play it. Ah, uh, but I'm, I thought that they meant, oh, you got to beat the game twice. <laughs> I was like, oh no, because Golden Ghost. This is the same way, yeah. Oh god, Golden Ghost. See, it, no, it's it more like some... a, it's more like a, um, you know how you could start fresh in Diablo, but you keep all your levels or something like that, or you keep all your equipment. Yeah. Or in a roguelike, something like that. That that's basically what it is. Like you can, you can uh, keep all the progress you've made, but start over from the beginning. In Prinny? In Prinny, yeah. So like basically, you get all thousand lives back, you get all ten hours of the day back. But you lose um, the you lose the the levels that you've beaten, but you keep all the things that you've unlocked. Oh, cool! Because uh, uh, let me uh, let me I should probably explain that. Um, so you get these orbs throughout the levels, and um, in the hub world, there are these little spirits that are just kind of sitting there and you know minding their own business. When you bring the orb that is of their color back to them, they manifest into something else. So, for example, um, right, the I first orb, save one. Right, the first orb that you get is a save one. Like, it's the blue one, and you can't miss it because it's part of the story. So you get the orb, you go back, and you actually talk to that spirit, and he becomes a printy that lets you save. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that I got that um, that's called the Restart Shop or something like that, and so I gave it to the spirit, and he turned into a, a soldier that says, hey, do you want to restart the game? All your progress will be lost, but you'll keep all your everything that you've earned. And so that's like – I'm assuming that like those those orbs that you bring back and unlock – um, those that's what you keep, you know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the other way around. I really don't know. I haven't I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I'll yeah. whatever. Um, well, oh, yeah. And I was thinking about ghouls and ghosts and well, ghosts and goblins and how ah oh, man, because that game just wasn't so hard to beat the first level. Even I would love to play it again, but I can't bring myself to play that game. You know, I I had to play that game on uh. On Zsnes and and use the save state save and to reload. actually get the real <laughs> ending because it was just that hard. I had to, I went through the whole game twice, but I could not do it. I it, I, I refused to do that and really really honestly try it because I don't think that there is a uh, a feature to continue on Super Nintendo. I'm not sure. You know what the funny thing is. People are all like, "Oh, is I don't want to play an old school Mega Man Nine game because that that game is kind of hard." You you haven't played Capcom hard, have you? <laughs> it's like you haven't played Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghouls and Goblins. I think Ghouls and Goblins is even harder than Ghouls and Ghosts, but then again, that could just be due to technical limitations, right? And it's like you thought Devil May Cry was hard. What? Yeah, play Ooh. Ghouls and Ghosts uh, and beat it twice. And beat, it twice. and beat it twice the right way because, oh. of course, in order to get to the last boss, you have to have the item that you um the the I don't know if you know. Do you know about why you have to go through the game twice? Because don't you get like a ring or something that, or or a piece of armor or something that makes you 
I don't know. I, I know the gist of it. I don't know the specifics. Yeah, um, you pretty much have it. When you get to the end of the game, uh, in, in Ghouls and Ghosts, not Ghosts and Goblins, but in Ghouls and Ghosts, after you beat Lucifer, Guinevere tells you that you have to go back and get a ring that she dropped somewhere, <laughs> which has the power to uh, actually defeat the last boss, because right. the last boss is impervious to everything except that. So you have to go through the game and get the items so get the items to drop so that the ring drops and then don't pick up another weapon uh at the end of the game. Where the fuck is so Pete, by the way? Nah. <laughs> <I get an> email. <laughs> uh so then you beat Lucifer with the with the ring. And now the ring, it it, it has like it's like almost like the Gadouken. It has no ring. Gadouken! And it's it's pretty strong, but like if you it it's only as strong as your armor. So if you have your underwear on, it does practically nothing. But if you have the gold armor on, it is completely destructive. So in the first one, in Ghosts and Goblins, you beat Lucifer and find out that he's a fake. And then you have to go through the whole game again. And I think it's actually harder. That's the other thing about it, where, oh, yeah, you get to go through the game again. But the second time around, it's tougher than the first. And then you get to fight the real uh, Lucifer at the end, and blah 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 blah. Fuck that game. <laughs> in your in your underwear too. Yeah. Uh, uh, man. Speaking of which, I have one white underwear right now. <laughs> I just texted I Pete and said, "Where is your bitchity, bitchity, bitch, bitchita ass?" So hopefully he responds to that. Um, let's see. So yeah, I played I played a, a, a decent amount of Prinny for a, for a first impression. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't particularly find anything spectacular about it, but it's just, you know, it's a, it's a good kind of cathartic thing to just go to. Um, you don't really see this much of uh, that, that, ty- that much of that type of stuff on, P- on PSP nowadays. I, I, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I could be wrong because I've been paying close attention. I have not been paying close attention to the library, but you know, I feel like something like this is, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice kind of throwback thing, and it's got the NA- NAS America humor to it. So you know, you've got that there. Um, and I, I guess it's something new for me to get into since I've gotten stuck in Final Fantasy V. Um, Uh-oh. There's this, there's this cave. Um, all right, well, there's this town called, J- I don't know how you pronounce it, Jack Hole or something. Jack Hole? <laughs> Jack Hole. It's Jack Hole. It's J-A-C-H-O-L or something. Okay. And it's, it's within the first six or seven hours of the game. Um, and it's, uh, so, somebody in the, in the, um, in Karnak says something like, oh, the town of Jackal to the south, Jackal, this is really stupid, <laughs> the town of Jackal to the south has very strong weapons for, and, and armor forged from the caves above it. And so when you go to Jackal, um, and you go a little, little bit north, there's a cave, um, and when you go through the cave and you exit it, you end up kind of in a, a one-tile large area surrounded by mountains. So basically you've wandered into nowhere, mm-hmm. and you just kind of go back out. Problem was, I had the airship, and I saw that one tile-wide space, and I'm like, you know what? I wonder what that is. And so I landed the airship in that one tile space, and I went into the cave, and I came out the other end, and I'm like, huh, all right, I should go back. And so I went back, but I can't get back to the door that lets me into that area that that puts me out into that one tile wide space, so I can't get back to my airship. That's weird. 
and I'm pretty sure there's a way to do it, but I'm saying that I'm stuck because I don't want to figure it out. I'm too lazy at this point. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm, I, I've been through that thing. Like I was going through that stupid cave for like half an hour trying to figure it out, figure it out, and I'm like, fuck it. So actually, no. You know what? No, no. Firefox www.gamefacts.com. Oh man, I was gonna say, I, now you make me want to play it. I would like, you know, boot it up. And, I'm not gonna tell you yeah, if you, if you want to play it. Now I'll let you figure that for yourself. I just need to figure it out. Yeah, I know, but now I feel like I I, I want to try and like catch up, and even though the seven hours is jack hole, but <laughs> but um, I I would like to try and uh, see if I can play through that. I mean. All I have is memories of the final part, even though there's one part that I absolutely love at the end uh, involving Gilgamesh, but that's because Gilgamesh is, like, my favorite Final Fantasy character, period. Mm. Um, but after that, it's just, oh, I, I would probably want to play it on GBA as opposed to the original PS version. So you could have it with you wherever you go. Well, I can technically play it and have it wherever I <laughs> We won't go into that. We won't Load times. Yeah, well, there aren't, I don't know, yeah, that probably would be the same amount of times. Um, I mean, it's not really desk related, but anyway, um, <laughs> I was gonna mention, <laughs> I was going to mention something, but now I don't remember anymore. Um, oh, yes, I remember now. There is a game that is available on the PlayStation Store called Sexter Neo, which yeah, is, I saw uh, that. What is that? It is a remake of uh, an 8-bit game called Fexter by Jackhole. Square Enix, uh-huh. which they said is kind of like uh, Bangayo. Bangayo! Without the crazy explosions. Um, you're, you play as a ship that can morph into a robot, kind of like Macross, and uh, it's supposed to be one of those like tough 2D space shooter type of games that's really fun. Um, and it's also $10. Which is really cool. They just added that on the first as well. Bangayo! Cool do you play. still have my Bangayo? I can't remember. Yes, I do. I still have your Bangayo. I forgot that I owned that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it shows so much I care because I never figured out how to play that game the right way. Yeah, that's that's a game you gotta sit down and be like, okay, I'm gonna do this and then that, and then once that happens, I'm gonna go do this and then that. Yeah, I and then yeah. I get 18 million points. Pete has not texted us back, so. Fuck him. We're gonna. I'm done with what I've been playing. Do you have any more, or should we just move on to the news? Let us do some news. Bye, Pete. I, I don't know. I, Al, what year is it now? 2009. Why are why is Capcom pretending like it's 13 years ago? Um, well, because they just can't get enough of the money that people give them for giving <laughs> for bringing out things that came out 13 years ago. So, I don't know if you youngins remember. I mean, you youngin some of you youngins out there, all none of you listening to this podcast May have not been born when the original Street Fighter 2 came out. But let me tell you a story. Street Fighter 2 came out. People liked it. 
But there were four boss characters that you couldn't use. They were just boss characters that you fought against. So Capcom said, let's put out Street Fighter II Championship Edition, which includes those four boss characters. And then you could use them. And then they said, let's make this faster. No, and wait, give- wait. They said, let's make this faster, only because people were bootlegging the game. All right. Tweaks to make it faster. So they said, hmm, people must like playing this, so let's make our own. Yeah. Um... Oh yeah, there there was a whole Rainbow Street Fighter incident where Guile could throw infinite sonic booms in the air. Mm-hmm. And I then, saw that uh, once, and I was like, "That's Ryu cheap." Could throw I fireballs in the air, and Dengue could do uh, the spinning pile driver and go through the screen like ten times before he hit the ground. <laughs> he just like grab him, jump, grab him, jump, grab him, jump, and then just go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they put out Street Fighter Two Turbo, which didn't give you air fireballs, but did give Ken and Ryu the air hurricane kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and some balancing tweaks, and then they said, "We're we're making money. Let's put out Super Street Fighter Two, and introduce four new characters." And then they said, "People seem to be a little bit upset with the fact that we slowed it back down. So let's put out Super Street Fighter Two Turbo." <laughs> with a super long name, and so mind you, these were in the arcades, so it's not like they were making money in terms of new releases, but what they did do was they released Street Fighter 2 for the Super Nintendo. Then Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition for the Genesis, which actually included the Turbo option, if I'm not mistaken. It did. And then Street Fighter 2 Turbo for the Super Nintendo, which included the balance tweaks and the air moves and all that stuff. And then Super Street Fighter 2 for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. And then Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo for 3DO. And I forget what other platforms. Um... I think, no, not Sega CD. Jaguar, maybe? I don't remember. I know was, I, I know they put it out for 3DO, yeah. for certain. But, um, yeah, so that's, you know, it's like, get off of Street Fighter 2 already. Yep, and then they made Street Fighter 3. And then Street Fighter 3, Second Impact, uh, w, Double, uh, Impact. What, what the, Double, Double Impact, and then Double Third Impact. Strike. And then they came out with Street Fighter Alpha 1, 2, and 3. And then they finally come out with Street Fighter 4, and you think, oh, great, great. Street Fighter 4, great. It's got a million characters, it's awesome, it's new, whatever. Now there's Super Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. That has how many new characters? Eight. Eight. Three have been announced so far. Although, uh, there was a leaking of uh, a character list, and it seems like since the three characters that were announced are accurate, the other characters might actually be accurate, too. Uh, I forget what the list was, but it involved, uh, oh man, uh, there was a character that was like, what the fuck? Um, but I don't remember. Well, the announced, the announced ones are T-Hawk, DJ, and, uh, Judy. Right, which is a new character who happens to be South Korean, and, uh, somebody managed to already alter her artwork. Yeah, (laughs) an altered artwork to quote-unquote more accurately reflect that she's South Korean. Oh, God. They, they they basically put on more clothing and took away her wild hair. Yeah. Um, and, oh, <laughs> apparently, Makoto might be in it. Oh, nice. Um, oh, man, I can't remember the characters that they were going to put in. Uh, there was T-Hawk. There was DJ. There's Makoto. Jury. There were characters from Street Fighter 3 and maybe somebody from EX, but I'm not even sure. Oh, Cody... Oh, uh, yeah, Maybe I heard about Guy. that. Yeah. Guy, yeah, I'm okay I with like, Cody. Wow. Yeah, Cody's too, yeah. I mean, I guess if they change him, 
maybe they'll make them a little better, but that jailhouse Cody was too, too restrictive. Anyway, they came out with, uh, well, they're coming out with this, uh, Super Street Fighter 4, and it's not going to be a DLC expansion for Street Fighter 4. It's going to be a separate boxed disc packet. Yep, due in spring 2010 for PS3 and 360, not the arcade. Now, originally, I mean, normally I should say, some of this stuff makes me mad. And rightfully so. It's just like, why the hell did you do this the first time? But, considering that I've been through this, we've all been through this before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the only thing that makes me mad is it's not 13 years ago, but are we surprised? Are we surprised that Capcom came out with a Devil May Cry special edition where you could play as Virgil? Devil May Cry 3, I'm sorry. And thank God, I thank God that was the one that I bought instead of the first one, first of Make Cry Three. Yeah, see, you know, we can probably turn that into a topic, which was what I was thinking when I read this. I said, "Wow, thank goodness I didn't get Street Fighter Four, because you know, shut up, controller." <laughs> Sorry, Man, I don't but, know. Maybe Steam will let me I, see. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll, I'll oh, continue. yeah. Here's the other thing. Um, I I said, "Wow, thank goodness I didn't buy Street Fighter Four because I bought a controller." Mainly because a friend of mine was going to buy me Blaze Blue, which apparently now he's in New York. He wants to take me to GameStop to buy it, but um, he hadn't gotten it for me, mm. and it was supposed to be from in July. But anyway, I was going to get Street Fighter Four because it was on sale for like twenty bucks, and then GameStop reneged on that, so I haven't gotten it yet. So I'm like, oh, cool! I'll just get Super Street Fighter Four. It's great, blah blah blah. In the article, they say um, those crying ripoff yeah. should know that the game quote won't be sold at full price. Yes. <laughs> Close quote. And that owning both the original and super. Yeah, this is this both. is more yeah, I know. blogging terrible grammar. Thank you, yeah, Luke Plunkett. I'm gonna for... skip the word. Uh, those owning both the original and super are will are. Store for, will Sorry, are. I had to. I had to put. That I in. know. Are in store for an as yet unspecified treat, which is probably like ah, nothing that special. Like nothing like I should run out and get Super uh, Street Fighter Four, the original four. Right. But if it winds up being so, then maybe they'll bolster sales. I mean, they too. recognize what's going on, so they throw you a bone, which I respect. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say for PS3 and 360, I have the Steam version, I have the PC version, so I'm hoping that like it, this, th- what they do with the PC version is something more innovative in li- in the line of like let's let's make it a patch or let's let's make it some kind of thing where I don't have to play the two separately. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe some people prefer because you know, like how 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 for one of the Street Fighter collections, they let you play as the original Street Fighter Two characters versus the Turbo characters, and some people like the original characters because of how they're balanced or whatnot. So I don't know. Yeah, and that that's what they <clears> have <throat> for um that 25th anniversary one, which I still haven't gotten. I, I got the strategy guide for it, and I mainly got the strategy guide for the music CD, but um I got the strategy guide for that game and not the game. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. I, I got it because I wanted the CD. Girl, you crazy. The, the background music for like all the games. Not, not all of them, but it was selected like, background music from all the Street Fighter games, as well as like this. Um, you crazy, girl. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got uh, some Super Street Fighter 4 coming from Capcom. And while Capcom is doing that and producing stuff from its old days, uh, one of the big old dudes from Capcom make some uh, pretty strong comments about the video game industry. Is it that Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is coming? No? Damn it. No, unfortunately. But uh, Keiji Nafune, 
the man behind Mega Man and Dead Rising. Enough with it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Says um, basically, Japan's games industry is finished, and um, this is just based on his uh, assessment of the uh, TGS and things that are going on. And I'm just gonna go and read this article real quick. Yes, sir. By Chris Pigna from uh, OneUp.com. And the article reads, This is probably not the message you would want coming out at the end of the giant industry trade show that's supposed to be glorifying your native talents. But at the Tokyo Game Show earlier this week, Capcom's Keiji Inafune, creator of of Mega Man and Dead Rising, shared his starkly damning assessment of the Japanese games industry. It's finished. Comments were made during an event showing off Dead Rising 2 by Destructoid. Wait, Nafne. Enoughne. <laughs> Why is it that every time I say Enoughne? I don't know, because it sounds like such a samurai name. And so exactly. I was going to say, why you got to throw out the samurai Every uh, time accent. I hear it, I just, I, I just think about <laughs> Kill Bill and, you know. Yagyu Jube. Yagyu Jube. Haomaru. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, he asked Victory. the attendees for their honest opinions of what they had seen at the show so far. Then he shared his own. Personally, when I looked around all the different games at the TGS floor, I said, man, Japan is over. We're done. Our game industry is finished. You know, it's funny. I'm going to put in a personal comment here. I was expecting to see some really cool or something that was going to excite me, like as in terms of announcement coming from TGS. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, E3, yeah. while it didn't have too many big, big things, it did have some pretty good announcements like the motion control stuff from Sony and um and Microsoft. And then you uh, saw a lot of uh, you saw a lot of content at the German Gamescon thing. That's true too. Um there were a lot of announcements, well, there there were price dropping announcements, but yeah, uh yeah. there was a lot of stuff going on that you could really look forward to. And then at TGS it was, you know, TGS is supposed to be where Nintendo dropped well, it's now where Nintendo's supposed to drop all this stuff since they don't have Space World anymore. Yeah, but, but see that they never really participated in TGS. I mean, right. publishers. That's because they had Space World. Huh? That's because they had Space World. Yeah, but even after they canned Space World, I think what was the last one in two thousand two thousand one two thousand two? They Something they haven't right. had a they haven't had a presence at TGS anyways. Like, their their third party publishers would go and show off DS titles and and Wii titles, mm-hmm. but they themselves would not. Right. I don't uh, think TGS is worth my time. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> So anyway, um, uh, yeah, there was nothing really that was even remotely, uh, there, nothing remotely stood out from TGS. So to continue the article, they go, ouch, huh? But to the surprise of no one, enough and it naturally left Capcom's games out of this evaluation, which he said <laughs> as an example of the kick-ass games that are still coming out of Japan. As Destructoid rightly notes, there is a great deal of delicious irony in this remark since Dead Rising 2's development is actually being handled by Canada-based Blue Castle Games. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I think Inafne actually had a, a, another interview or something where he was talking about using the, um, using studios located outside of Japan to help bring more Western elements and ideas into the Japan game making process to upgrade them so that they can more compete with this now growing Western market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and the, the, the growing Western competition because now it's like, you know, you got people selling games or you got like Halo, 
and then you have Gears of War, and then you have uh, some of the new stuff coming up. Uh, shoot. Um, well, there isn't really any new stuff coming up that's of note, but you have all the FPSs. Call of Duty, you have um, Bioshock, you have some adventure games, Assassin's Creed. Um, give me an adventure game or something. Uh, uh, blah, I don't know. Uh, Sam and uh, okay, Max, anyway. I don't know. Or you have other games you mean like third GTA, okay. uh, things like that, where they're all producing this mega appeal. But then you look in Japan and, you know, Pokemon and uh, Dragon Quest, the little things that are only catering to Japanese people and not catering to um, the, the worldwide market. So, you know, they just came out with a, a DS game that allows you to... Uh, it, it, it's some kind of me game. I don't remember exactly what it is, but that's the number one selling game of last week or this past week. It beat out Pokemon, but... Nobody in America is going to buy a DS game that's going to uh, allow you to manage or collect or play with Miis, you know? I, 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 I mostly agree with you, though. You never know the powers of Nintendo's marketing and how they might suck someone in. Very true. But I think as a general concept, uh, a DS game that interacts with the, the... I would have to assume that it interacts with the Wii because it's Miis. Uh, while it is a pretty cool concept, uh, America, I think, is too large for, uh, I mean, it's large, so that means that there's probably a greater percent of the population that would, not greater percent, but a greater number based on percent of the population that would actually buy the game. Mm -hmm. But I think that they would sell more in Japan, which seems, you know, the number one selling game sold like 250,000 copies last week, and it came out in June. That was a funny thing. Right. came out in June, it's number one last week, and it has a lifetime sales of like a million something or other. But that, and then Pokemon, and then following like, ODST just came out, I think, that week, and it was on the top ten, but that's probably not going to be on the top ten for long. But all you really have looking looking forward to from Japan is like Final Fantasy Thirteen, which is coming out in December. Um, Pokemon already came out. You've got this Dead Rising 2, which is coming out next year. But that's not being developed in Japan. I don't know really what else is coming I, out. You know what? I think it's also just the, and, and this is mostly piggybacking off what you said, and I also heard a, dis, a really uh, interesting discussion about this on both um, Listen Up and the Giant Bombcast. Um, like, you pretty much said it all. Like, the, the focus, okay, so the focus, the talent, and the, um, the content, are all becoming so Western centric that when Inafne, Inafune, when he looked at the show floor, it wasn't that like, oh, these are shitty games, or I'm not excited about this. But I, I feel like it's more of, oh, wow, like th our culture, what we bring to the table, is becoming less and less important to the people who play games, and mm -hmm. we're kind of screwed that way. Like it's all moving Western. Um, what, so I think it was Gersman. I was at the Gersman or Garnet from one of the other, one of the two podcasts. I can't remember. Um, said that uh, the Japanese developers are now, instead of you know making games and hoping that the publishers in America can kind of um, market it the right way, they are now making games catered towards Western audience and hoping that Japan accepts them. Mm. There's this game from Tecmo called 
quantum something. I forgot what it's called, but it looks like a Japanese Gears of War. Since when hmm. do, do they make games like that? You they know? don't. They don't exactly. And so that was their that was a prime example. And I think that was Garnet. I think it was. I think it was Listen Up. But you know that that, that that's that's the type of thing I guess that they're seeing. And and you know honestly for me it's it, it's it's if this is where it might be going, it's a little sad because I, you know. Yes, I will admit that I look at my shelf, and most of the games that I've bought recently have been a very decent balance between, you know, Americanized shit and Japanese shit. Whereas before, most of it would be Japan centric, because I used to only, I, not only, but I, most I used to play RPGs, and now right. like you know, it's all blood and guts and shooting and shit, you know, but <laughs> cussing and cussing. But <laughs> I don't know. And may, maybe that's because I decided to focus back on PC gaming more, and that's almost entirely American. Nized, Americanized, not, and when I say that, I don't mean completely Americanized, but Westernized, because they're yes. they're stalker, which is charmingly Russian, or mm-hmm. Russian, or Slavic, well, Eastern European, Eastern European. I, mean, I like to say Eastern European because that kind of covers all the area in, in terms of the <laughs> yeah, Slovakia yeah. and the yeah, whatnot, but yeah, it, it stands right. But point, it stands. Point is, it's not it's not Asian influence. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's not, and it's also, I think it's developed by a German company. Oh, oh! I think you're right. I believe so. I'm not sure. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I, we'll see what happens. Maybe do you think maybe it's it's part of um Japan's? I don't want to say reluctance because I don't really know how it is over there. But the what from what I hear and what it seems like is you know obviously online is still a Western thing. Uh, I don't know. I think so because of the um, culture in Japan. Yeah, there's still a lot of gathering going on. Exactly, so that's exactly games what like yeah. Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter on PSP. Yep, right. That seems to be like the big thing because people gather in places and can take advantage of ad hoc. Right. Uh, whereas in America, that's just not our culture. We don't gather in places and and play video games. We play video games from the comfort of our home. And use our internet connections to communicate with people. Um, and according to an article I read on Games, uh, GameSpot, we, as men, get a testosterone <laughs> boost out of destroying people we don't know. Men, in, men, uh, men, 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 sorry. Uh, which apparently, not apparently, which is obvious. I mean, I, I always thought that, you know, you get that kind of boost by defeating people you don't know because right. of the uh, mystery of who they are, how good they are, and everything like that. Whereas, you know, you play against people you know, you already know how good they are. Right. And beating them, depending on how well you know them, doesn't really, you know, doesn't do too much for the hormones in your body and whatnot. Right. But anyhow. <laughs> um, there is, there was an interesting anecdote on that Listen Up podcast because that was actually, they actually podcasted from TGS. And mm-hmm. so... Garnet, who was a host, was sitting with three, um, three people from I think it was called Studio Forty Eight or Eighty Four, something like that. They're uh, Studio Eighty Four. They they're a translation company, um, and two of the three people from the company who were who were chatting with him were former uh, Ziff Davis colleagues, uh, Mark McDonald and uh, John Riccardi, and they were talking about how the culture in Japan is so is just so different. How they'd be playing Monster Hunter, and you can only die three times before your whole party is kicked out of a co-op thing. So okay. if the same person dies three times, the whole party is screwed over. They've wasted half an hour. Um, and the culture is that, like, the, the instant that they get online and they actually play with someone, 
and the, the person dies, immediately you get a little message that pops up that says, don't worry about it. We'll get him next time. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, wow. We'll get him next time. Don't worry about it. We'll get him next time. And when the party fails and you've wasted an hour, it's like, let's regroup again. Let's try again. It's all good. Don't worry about it. In America, you're not going to get that. You're going to get, dude, what the hell is your problem? You fucking yeah. dead weight piece of shit. Yeah. And so, you like, were fucking wasted our time, you fucking yeah. piece of shit. And then, yeah. Don't ever join us again. <laughs> Fuck you. And they were saying stuff like, like Jap- some, there was some Japanese game that, that's coming out that's automatically going to block foreign IPs because they don't want Americans to barge into their game and be jerks, you know? Mm. So I don't know. Maybe it's just that. Maybe it's because we're asses, and we are, and that's why I don't play online. That's why I only play, that's like, why I don't play randomly. Like, if, if, if the stars happen to align and we're both, like, in a, in a mood to play a game, I'll play it with you or people I know, but I'm, I'm not going to randomly play it online. Yeah. I just, you know, so, I mean, I can see where that where that goes, but... You know what's funny? Your face. Um, I, I, I think that what's cool is I think it's because I knew, you know, I was playing Gears of War with my brother-in-law and my, I guess, cousin-in-law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cousin-in-law. Huh? Cousin-in-law. 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 I'm combining the words. <laughs> yeah. Enough. Uh, I was playing with them and two guys that they play with. So me being on the bottom and sucking really hard, I, I told them, like, I, wow, say that, say that again. And, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, back to my train of thought. You know, it's apparent that, of course, I'm level one, which means that I don't have any kind of experience in multiplayer in terms of actual beating people and playing multiple games or all these other guys level 45, 50, 69, whatever, anyway. Um, I didn't get too much of the, well, I didn't get any uh, really jerk kind of talk. Mm-hmm. But it's funny listening to them talk about the people they're playing against. Oh, man, this guy's such an know, ass. He sucks. You fuck that good. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. It, you know, a lot of, um, you know, they... I, I I don't play that much, but I'm guessing that there's a, still a bit of a tilt toward the people who host the game as opposed to the people who are connecting to the host. Right. So people are, I guess, moving a little bit faster than another. And then, you know, my brother-in-law is kind of like complaining. He's like, yo, man, that guy's host. He, he's, he thinks he's so good, but he's only just killing us because he's hosting the game. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, then there was this one part where I, these guys were fucking with them. Uh, it was... I think it was my brother-in-law. He was fighting against two people. Now, in execution, uh, you have to either kill somebody with a one-shot kill, like with a rocket launcher or up close with a shotgun or something. Or if you shoot them with a gun that depletes them to the point where they're crippled, you have to perform execution. Now, in execution, if you're on the ground and you're bleeding out, you can tap A to kind to, of revive yourself. Right. Um, with a tampon. What? With a tampon. And uh, what they did to him, they, they knocked him down. He was the last guy left on our team, and it was two of them mm. left. So they knocked him down, and then they ran circles around him. <laughs> and I was like, they're being dicks. And so he got up, and then they did it again. And it, you can only do that three times before you die. Okay. And so they kept doing it to him and to make him die the slow way. And he was like, watch, I'm going to get him this time. And he got up and tried to get him, but they would knock him out again. And I was like, you know, they didn't have to do that. Right. But they were just doing that to, you know, big ball, piss on territory. I guess, like, it's like, all right, well, you know, teabagging's old, so let's do this, you know, this motorcycle gang thing. (laughs) We just run around his corpse. Exactly. 
Um, so, you know, I don't know if there's stuff like that in, in Japanese, uh, FPS versus play. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. The way I, that they I highly doubt it, but I do know one thing. Playing as Japanese people in other games, it, it just involves you being last and them being first. Is that like playing against like, a South Korean in, uh, in StarCraft? Yeah, something like that. Where you're like, you, you just hold your hands up. You're like, what? I got beat already? Yeah. No, but uh, I remember playing Mario Kart against Japanese people, and they're just like out there because they snake. Right, and right, right. Yeah, you're like trying to play, and you're in last place. You're like, fuck this, rage quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but like, it's 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 funny because Japan has, um, I could be mistaken, but it has a very very robust, you know, infrastructure in terms of uh, network connectivity. Oh, they do. So Definitely. like. So, you know, when if, if we're connecting to them and they're running circles around us, maybe they'll slow down and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll, you know, I'll make it even for you. <laughs> I wonder if they would. No, they probably I, have, I have no idea. I've never played, like, a versus game. I only play co-op games with Japanese people, and they're the best people to play with co-op. <laughs> the best. I mean, just as their idiosyncrasies, as well as uh, just things they do because you're English. Like, I remember playing Fantasy Star Online and playing with Japanese people. And the, you know, the thing that I always talk about is, uh, when they say things in English and they spell it out in English characters. And one time, oh no, <laughs> something, something weird happened. <laughs> the person put holy shit, but it was H O R Y shit. <laughs> so they did, and, they did the whole victory. Yes. And holy shit. that, that that had me. I was like, I love Japanese people. <laughs> Holy shit, though. And they, they wait for you, and they're patient, and they do things for you, and they give you stuff. Yeah. And, you know, American people don't really do that. They are really selfish. Like, if something comes around, uh, or if something happens, you don't really know what you're doing, they will use that to their advantage, as opposed to, like, Japanese people, where if you don't really know something, they will take the time to kind of direct you to help everything kind of come to a close better. Right. Yeah. So uh, while we're talking about online, yeah, I was, I was actually—that's actually kind of why I brought the um, the, uh, the the network connectivity up—is because I remember actually researching um, the speed, the, the network speeds across the globe, uh, mm-hmm. because of, because of the whole online announcement. That's actually going to go into our next story, but um, I, I brought this up because on live when I first heard of it, I was just like. I don't know if you remember that conversation. It was such a long time ago. I was just like, is, it, uh, is the world really ready for this? Yeah. And I'm, then, like, I looked up Japan's, like, I wonder if I still have my blog entry up. But I looked at Japan, like, somebody or somewhere I found a Japan link. A Japan link. Mm-hmm. A link to, Jap- to the Japanese information. And it was just like, oh, they run at, like, a zillion megabits per second. I was like, what? A zillion. So. Yeah, probably, like, a good couple of hundred or something, maybe. But, um. Why don't you uh, summarize this while I actually? Because I actually want to find what their connection speed is. I'm gonna sure. I will do it with pleasure. Tom Green <laughs> came spot. Uh, posted an article that on live the uh, streaming on demand service for video games lands major funding, quote unquote major. Uh, AT and T, Warner Brothers, and more contribute to quote unquote by far largest. Investment in on-demand game streaming service in anticipation of winter launch. Winter, wow! Uh, online appears to be on track for its launch this winter, 
earlier this month, the on-demand game streaming service entered beta testing, opening up the service to select gamers of various different system specifications to work the kinks out of OnLive's underlying technology and content delivery mechanisms. Uh, today, OnLive said it had landed its most significant round of funding yet to help finance the service's launch within the next few months. The Series C, or third round, of funding included participation from AT&T Media Holdings, Louder Partners, Warner Brothers, Autodesk, and Maverick Capital. The company knows that Warner Brothers, Autodesk, and Maverick Capital had all contributed to previous rounds of investment and that the Series C funding was by far on Live's largest closing. Specific details of the investment were not disclosed. Uh, Co-founder and CEO Steve Perlman offered a brief note on the funding and what it means for the company. Writing on company's blog that the investment was much larger than the previous rounds and gives a serious jolt of rocket fuel as our beta progresses. Uh, we are both pleased and inspired that our investors share this vision with OnLive, he continued. Not only do they see the value in OnLive in particular, but they also understand the significance of what OnLive is doing to lead a massive sea of change. Of in, change? I think. Sea Not of a massive change. sea change. Oh. The, the, oh, yeah, is it? Because it yeah. says massive sea change. <laughs> uh... In interactive media distribution. People can't I'm grateful that they have not only provided OnLive with their support, but they have also provided OnLive with such a strong endorsement. OnLive has previously announced significant support from a range of publishers and developers, including EA, UB, Take-Two, THQ, and Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Whoopee. <laughs> Whoopee. Uh, <laughs> Whoopee. Uh, the company has yet to nail down how much it will cost, but I don't know. So I mean, it's it's worth a a, a try. I yeah. mean, I, I'd like to see somebody else use it. I, I couldn't find that entry where because I think it was on a comment left on a Wired blog. Um, but I, I remember someone saying like Japan's t uh, network speeds are like through the roof compared to ours. Specifically, most specifically because it, it you know it's a smaller country, so they have much less landmass to, to worry about. But um, yeah, no, the reason why I brought this up is just because uh. It's it's one of these things where it's it's a it's a it's an iffy proposition. You don't know if it's really going to work. But when when the weight of someone like AT and T and Warner Brothers is thrown behind it, then you kind of have to look and, and take attention and pay attention. True. Um, Game Tap. All right. I laughed at that. And even though it's may, it may not be doing that well, like it works. You know. Sure does. It it, it works as advertised, and there's a lot of, you know... Because I didn't even realize that it was Turner's thing. Like, I didn't realize that they were throwing their weight behind it, and then they did, and then, like, it's like, oh, my God, now I'm a subscriber. Hey, look at that. So um, I, I, I still just worry about how how it'll fare here with our network speeds. And you know what? I just I did come across a, a Wired blog that, that actually had a hands-on with Mirror's Edge um, with OnLive, but that was... But see, this was in March. This was back when it was first announced. Oh. So, yeah, we need something. Like, I don't think that. I think everybody's probably locked in with NDAs, so they're not going to talk about it. Well, so this is what it sounded like in March. Okay, um, in a nutshell, Mirror's Edge felt felt slightly different than the console version. Not worse, just different. In the same way that ports of games across older platforms like Super Nintendo and Genesis would feel a little bit different. Um, if I hadn't played the console versions of Mirror's Edge, I probably wouldn't notice how the gameplay felt just a tiny bit slower. A tiny bit choppier, but I can feel it having the frame of reference. 
The graphics were also just a little bit blurrier due to the compression. OnLive's remote servers there in Santa Clara, as I understand it, are doing all the computation, then compressing each individual frame of graphics, then beaming it up to the set-top box or PC, which then decompresses it and then splashes it up on screen. So it's a little jumpy, a little blurry. It's still the same amount of fun. Given what the online system is doing, is that a fair trade-off? If you can sign up for blah, 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 blah. So, again, I mean, it's not like I think they're lying about, like, oh, the servers are in Santa Clara and we're here at GDC in San Francisco. So you, this is, you know, the servers are 50 miles away, so you can test out how it works. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think they're lying. I'm just saying, like, once this goes full bore and there are X amount of people connecting to it, uh, across X, X amount of miles of, of landmass, how well exactly will it work? You know, if if something like uh, Street Fighter Four, which is very timing intensive, goes up there, and I think this is something that we already mentioned, but you know what I mean? Like those games are very timing intensive, and you know, some people won't accept Virtual Fighter Five's online play because it's just like it's not perfect. You know, so sure. I, I guess people don't. Really it's mind. actually pretty damn good, though. Really? Okay, I haven't tried. Yeah, it yet. I was playing against um, a Japanese person. Adrian? No, no. Slingo. Uh, well, actually, I might have played against a random Japanese person, but actually, no, I played against random Japanese people in Voot, and that was very smooth as well. Um, <laughs> and and but, embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I played against Shalongbo, and I played against Slingo, um, Anthony Slingbao, Slingbao, uh, and I played against my you know Mike's brother Anthony, and it's just like playing at home. Master Anthony, Keiji <laughs> Unafune. Yeah, so um, so I mean that's the only thing that worries me. But like again, when when these people are throwing their weight behind it, maybe it won't be such a problem. I'm sure that you know all that money is going to be put to use for for the for the infrastructure. It should be. I mean, I would worry yeah. about the infrastructure before. I mean, it, like as long as they get a few big hitting games, just you know to to get people enticed into it. I don't think mm -hmm. they need to get a library of like a zillion games right off the bat. They should be focusing on that infrastructure because if you get the library of games and they're like, oh, I can get any game that I want, but I can't play it, eh, I'm not going to join it, then what? what's the use? So True. Um, too bad there aren't any, like, really big games to look forward to at the moment that they could just, like, pick up and use as a kind of like their ace in a hole. Right. Well, there, there really isn't anything up and coming. I mean, they're coming out this winter, which means probably January, February, so it's before Bioshock 2 comes out. Well, Bioshock 2 comes out in February, no? I think so, yeah. So they might delayed, up, you know, doing Bioshock Two or something like that. Um, Modern Warfare is that's not going to work because you're not going to be able to play Modern Warfare. Well, maybe you can play multiplayer Modern Warfare. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> that would be way. I mean, that's like me playing Quake multiplayer on a 486, and you know that requires a Pentium. Yeah. And I, it played way, I don't even understand how I played the game. I think it ran at about 15 frames per second, but I managed to do a little less than hold my own. I, I really wonder how that multiplayer stuff is going to work then, you know, depending on how they're processing it in their, in their, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, because that, that delay between them sending the information to you and you putting your input and then them using that input to process the game, and then communicate with all the other games, and then bring it back. And that's probably going to result in a lot of running around in circles of teleporting and things like that. But but then uh, like you, you look in general, you look at um at the way that multiplayer games work. It's one person uh at a certain with a certain instance. Okay, so uh me at a laptop and you at a laptop connecting to another server, or 
um, me with a browser instance. Maybe that's how they'll do it. They'll use some kind of a, I don't know, but I, I'm just thinking it's like if one server is calculating all this shit, well, you know what, then it's, it's I don't know. I, I, I'll shut up because I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, they did it with Quake Live. Right. So maybe, I mean, but Quake Live is different because Quake Live is, well, maybe it's not different. I was going to say Quake Live is different because it's just one game. And that game, that those servers only work to provide the content for that one game. Right. But who knows what their infrastructure is, and they're probably thinking about it and probably working on it really hard. We'll see what happens this winter. Right. Um, I don't know how to segue it. <laughs> I was gonna say something along the lines of like, you know, what if a subscription service came to the PSP or something? But you beat me to the punch with the I can't segue this. So, <laughs> so if you got a PSP Go, um, and clearly that means that you are very rich or very, very uh, uh, obsessive compulsive about having the latest shit. Um, Sony has gifted you um, with a hundred new PSP games. Well, not a hundred new PSP games, but a hundred PSP games new to the PS Store. So now you can actually have something to, um, you know, buy. Mm-hmm. And things that are actually worth downloading. Yeah, I went on there yesterday, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I need a 4-gigabyte card now. And I went and bought a 4-gigabyte card and then downloaded all the NIS America games. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, what I thought was particularly cool was I remember the last time that I had listened to people talk about the PlayStation um, classics. Um, right. they, they would, like, download them on PS3 to play Final Fantasy. No, not even. It hadn't come out yet, but like Wild Arms, for example. And okay. then someone was just like, wait, so so you have to download it again for your PSP? You can't just like transfer it over? And they're like, yeah, like you have to buy it again. <coughs> I had forgotten that they fixed that. So when I went online with my PSP to get the NIS America stuff, I noticed that Wild Arms was sitting there waiting for me. Like It, it was like games that you purchased, Wild Arms. And I'm like, huh, let me download this. Oh, and see you had purchased Wild Arms yeah. on the PS3. Yeah. And so I had already installed it on PS3, and then I downloaded it again, and I installed it on my PSP. And so basically I have it wherever I want it, which I think is pretty cool. Excellent. Like, that is really cool. And, I, and it's not like it shouldn't be that way, but like compared to what I originally th- – is it raining really hard outside yet? I don't know. When, when I, no, I, orig- yeah. I originally thought that, you know, again, the last time that I heard about this, they kind of screwed you over by saying, nope, these are two separate instances. So I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, the 100 games uh, – they don't have a list here, but I mean, suffice it to say, there's enough there to warrant, you know, going on there. And I think I'm not sure if God of War was up there before, but it's there now. All 1.3 gigs of it. It's on there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and they also have Soul Calibur. And oh right, Cydia. I was so no, tempted to get Soul Calibur. I really was really tempted, but then they said that the single player for the PSP version is kind of shitty. So I said, forget it. Yeah, it's worthless. It's only really good if you're like. It it has value playing uh, Lifetime. Uh, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> it la- <laughs> it it's it's more worth it if you have people to play ad hoc with. Right. Where the and hell is like, Pete? Yeah. I don't know. He's st- <laughs> God damn it. Thought it was his day off. Um, Maybe he's enjoying his day off. There was something else out there that I was so tempted to get, and I ended up not. I think it was um, it was another fighting game. Maybe. Oh, it was like the Samurai Showdown collection. Which had All right. Samurai yeah, Showdowns probably. one, two, three, and four, and five, and get the six, which I completely what? forgot existed. They had a Samurai. They had a Samurai Showdown six. Yes. Wow. And then I thought about it, and I was like, PSP D pad Samurai Showdown. No. Oh, no. I'll pass. But uh, get it get it cheaper for like a uh, Wii or something. I don't know. Yeah, they do have it on there too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, 
from one from one online store to another, um, and this just kind of makes me laugh. Um, unless this is only applying to Australia, apparently, if you got a DSI right and you download DSiWare games with not not many of which are actually worth it, but you know that there's the option there. If you get a new DSI, let's say your old one old one is like scratched up and you just want a new one, or you wanted one of those new colors, um, you can't really transfer them. Let me read the article. This is by Chris Pereira. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Nintendo of Australia relieved, re- relieved. Wow. Nintendo of Australia revealed to Nintendo Life via Go Nintendo their policy on upgrading uh, purchases from the DSI where, DSI where store, which is when upgrading to a new DSI, none of your purchases are coming with you. You simply can't bring your games with you. This completely at, this is completely at ends with what you can do with Sony's PSP which allows you to download your game simply by logging on to PSN or connecting your computer and using the PSP manager, PSP Media Manager to transfer content. There's an important exception to this. Should your DSi break and be rendered unplayable, Nintendo can transfer your purchases, provided they have their hands on both your broken DSi and your new one. So it's kind of the same deal as with your Wii. If your Wii breaks, all your downloadable mm. content breaks with you. Uh, breaks with right. it, and so you have to I send it in. Send it back. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, it's great. I think it's good that at least they offer the service, but it's just, you know... Eh, I, it's hassling. It's, it's a hassle. And it's, eh, you know, the whole point of yeah, downloadable stuff is so that it's easier and less of a hassle. And if you want to put piracy protection measures, fine, but don't make me send the thing in. Uh, I don't know. Can we do this at the Nintendo store? Like, do you know if they have that capability, or do we have to actually send it to Washington? I think you actually have to send it there God damn because it. Nintendo Store is just—it's just a point of sale. Right. I know. But still, it'd be nice. Uh, words on this from you, or should we have this funny um, anecdote? I think it, it's a pretty sucky situation, but at least they're providing the service, which is good. Because you know, imagine if it was like, oh yeah, uh, your DSi is broken, and you bought all these games, and well. I mean, Sorry, I really, th- I really think that what they should do is say, "All right, you know how you can transfer your network connection from one DS to another, so that you keep your friend code or whatever. Just do the same thing. Be like, we're not going to let you copy it over, but if you want to play it on this, we can let you transfer it. And so you just open one DS and open the other and do the software download and have it transfer. And that's it. True. You know what the PSP does? Um, I was transferring Final Fantasy VII from from one memory card to another, so I put in one memory card and I transferred it to my PC. Like, it wouldn't let me copy it, but it let me transfer it. And then I transferred oh, okay. it back to the other memory card. So it's like, all right, they've 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 prevented you from leaving a copy on the memory card. And I'm sure they have some kind of encryption that you can't just literally go in, plug the USB cord in, and copy the folder over. I could be wrong. but Yeah, I, I don't know that. But I'm pretty sure that they would take the precaution to not let you do that. But regardless, yeah. at least they're like, all right, if you want to transfer it from one PSP to another, go right ahead. You know, use our management software. We're not going to let you copy it, but you can still move it around. I have a question. I have an answer. It's the same memory card in another PSP. Would it give you? Would it block you out? Uh, I don't. I don't have a second PSP to try that on. That's a good question. I don't. I do not know the answer to that. Maybe we should try it one day. Yeah. Um, and not and not tell people the results because if it does work, then no. Um, (laughs) I'm sure other people know. Yeah. But uh, I was gonna say so. So yeah, maybe maybe it's time for them to release a USB dongle for the DS. I don't know. <clears throat> They're probably not ready for that. And finally, like for 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 people like me who you know are skittish about wireless, and my wireless connection is decent, but it's not that fast. Like, 
let me get a USB dongle for an Ethernet plugin. <laughs> <laughs> I got one for the Wii, even though it doesn't need it, but I got one anyways, and my downloads are faster. So, um, all right, let's let's move on. This is not news, but this is kind of funny to me. Um, this is from Bitmob. So apparently, um, someone on Bitmob uh, loaded up uh, uh, Need for Speed Shift on his Xbox 360, and it tried to access the PlayStation Store. <laughs> yeah, that's just bad. Um, that's so bad. Let's see, what is How it? How could you leave that in your game? It just says, epic fail. Need for Speed Shift for 360 tries to access PlayStation Store. Imagine this. You come home from a long day at work, ready to jump on your 360 and play a little more of your brand new Need for Speed Shift. All of a sudden, your game locks, your game locks up, and in the top right corner of your screen is an air with the PlayStation Store and name and logo on it. Uh, wow. Yeah, I don't know if it... I mean, it, somebody put a comment on here. That they said they used to do front-end programming for EA, and they're sure that it's not actually trying to connect to the PSN. But um, it could be. It, it just looks like it's bugged out, and it's using assets. <laughs> Multi-line dialogue text. Multi-line dialogue text. Multi-line dialogue text. Multi-line dialogue text. That's all it says. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was actually newsworthy. Wow. Okay, I just had to say that. Um, <laughs> do I have enough time to go into this Bobby Kotick topic as a topic topic? Mm, probably not. You had, we bullshitted a lot today. Yes, you did. I didn't, because I don't bullshit, which is completely bullshit. So I just did. Um, all right, well, maybe we'll I get think to it we next can week. touch on it. Huh? Oh, you want to get to it next week? Oh, we'll, we'll touch on it. We'll touch on it really quickly. And you found this, so some of what your thoughts were on this. Like, what's the topic in the first place? Well, the topic is basically um, it's on the subject of Bobby Kotick and Activision. about how suddenly gamers. Uh, as a you know, a voice which usually is a small percent of people who actually purchase and play games. Apparently, you know, they are hating Activision and their business practices. Whereas a couple of years ago, you could have found the same people hating Electronic Arts for their business practices. Yep. Um, this article here that I found on Kotaku, written by, I believe, Lee Alexander. That is correct. Yes. You know why? Because um, the grammar's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, she wrote an article that was basically um, a lot of information about Bobby Kotick, who is, of course, the uh, president, I believe. CEO. Or just the CEO. Yeah, just the CEO. Uh, CEO of Activision, uh, who has been known in the press of late to say things such as... Uh, you know, I'm just going to take these lines out of context here, but we're taking the fun out of making video games. Uh, he said something about, what is it? He made a joke, and I thought that was really fucked up. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Da, 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 da. Here it is. If it was left to me, I would raise prices even further. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, of course, a joke like, yeah, well, if I can make more money, I would. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then he said that, he, there is an environment of pessimism, skepticism, and fear of the current economy or current economic climate. Yeah, that whole in shit. Activision, uh, you know these these little uh, sound bites, I guess you could say, uh, kind of make Bobby Kotick look like a uh, domineering, like you know, despot of Activision, and a, a lot of it is kind of taken out of context if you really read the article and kind of understand, yeah, you know, he's a really good businessman, but at the same time, he's a really cool guy, too. 
So it's not like he's kind of doing this because he's an asshole. He's doing this because this is what makes Activision money. Um, but what I would like to do is just talk about it more in, in detail maybe next week. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of things that are really kind of parallel with what EA used to do. And apparently, according to John Richard Tello, that had an effect on EA's bottom line. Right. Like EA churning out year after year franchises and not putting any effort into uh, their productions, uh, saturating the market, saying and doing things that kind of soured the uh, their their customer opinion. I forget um, uh, whatever the term is. Public opinion. But the opinion, public opinion of the company. Those things are, um, you know, they were they, people actually weren't buying games. Right. I mean. And, real, mm-hmm. okay, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, and, and these things are currently going on with Activision. They're saturating the market, bringing out franchises, only focusing on franchises, not bringing out new IP. Um, even, you know, there are some other business-related things, such as uh, the Brutal Legend thing yep. and the DJ Hero thing that make a, the company look bad. But it doesn't seem like it's affecting their bottom line at the moment. Right. At the moment. Um, what I was going to say, just really briefly before we cut this off, is just, um, and like you, I'll go into more detail later, uh, next week perhaps, but when you look at Bobby, well, when we look at Bobby Kotick, you're right, all we have to go are quotes, uh, all we have to go on are quotes, sometimes taken out of context, sometimes taken only in the perspective that we want to see it in because we are customers, we are gamers, um, mm-hmm. we buy the products and we, you know, we, we think we deserve some certain way of things, you know, but I... And and I, at least I don't believe I have. And if I if I have, it was flippant. But in my heart, and like you know, truly, you know, as as a human being, I don't hate Bobby Kotick as a human being. I don't hate. I didn't hate John Riccatello or whoever was at the head of EA at the time. I True. did not like the products. I didn't like the way that the company was doing their thing because it affected my enjoyment of this hobby. But I never said like I want to hunt him down and kill him. I think he's a. I really do think he's an <laughs> asshole. I, I don't like him, whatever. Like, no, you don't like what he does. You don't like what he stands for in terms of the company. Like, there's certain. Fr- I, I'm sure that we all have some types of friends who were, you know, we've been friends with for a long time, um, in in their chosen field of business or or whatever their profession is. They they have to do certain things in their line of work that you don't necessarily align with, or you have friends whose political views are slightly different. Right, and and you don't get along with them in that respect, but like you know the person deep down, and so you don't hate the guy. You just have a difference of opinion, right. and so when they say like, oh, there's this one guy in the article who said like, oh, there, there's something like I've heard that he's like Bush. No one likes his policies, but he's a really cool guy to sit down and have a beer with. That's fine. Like I, I don't I don't think there's a problem with that. I, I you know, I, there are a lot of people out there who are like that. They're, they're they're actually really cool once you sit down and get to know them, but it's just that you know, they do things that you wouldn't, and vice versa. So when I speak about him, and, and, and frankly, I'm pretty sure the same thing happens with you and uh, all of us on this podcast, when we talk about him, and, and everybody in the media, okay, because they're professionals, when, when, when we make snide remarks, when we talk about him, it's because of what's affecting us as consumers and as, as, you know, as people who like this hobby. We're, we're not saying, like, I, active, I would punch the guy if I met him. No, I don't actually want to punch him in the face, although that would be kind of fun. 
uh, to put someone in the face. Like, I don't actually, like, if I met the man, I'd shake his hand and be like, you know, nice to meet you. And I'd sit down and I'd have a beer with him. And maybe we would have a candid conversation about why people don't like his policies. And he'd be cool enough to sit there and listen and how for his own opinions, right? I mean, and that's, that, you know, so I think that when, when people out there on the forums start to, you know, throw vile comments and whatever at, at this type of thing, they need to keep that in mind too. Like, I, I hate to sound like, um, <clears throat> I, I, I hate, I hate to sound like a preacher, but it's like, it's kind of a hate the sin, not the sinner type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but um, in any event, you're right. I, I I mean, it is good for Activision now, at least. Like, it's it's not affecting their bottom line because what they have Blizzard, right? So they're making fifteen dollars a month for millions, zillion, trillion people. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just chilling. They said that uh, he also said that um, you know, World of Warcraft is the best source of stable income ever, and you know, technically, you can take that as him sitting on a pile of cash laughing at you, right? Or you can take it as a fact. <laughs> yeah. And like, right, like you, you run a business and your objective is to run that business as best as you can. And if that's what's going to take, like the whole pessimism stuff, like I remember last week I, I understood where he was coming from. And like Pete had a very good point. It was like his only issue was that he didn't, he didn't like that, you know, he was basically making it sound like he was, he was making all his employees scared, which is actually not really the case. You know, and my and, and I think my point was simply that, like, look, you know, it's better to be prepared for this kind of downturn. And I, I agree with you that it sounds like it sucks, but you know, hopefully this is making things better prepared, uh, make making them better prepared. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, like, what I just don't like is the fact that they've taken what I what I enjoyed and making it like bland for me, Guitar Hero specifically. Yep. Um, and they're doing that with Call of Duty. You know, they, they, they do they, they have to have a Call of Duty every year. Why? Why? And that's why Infinity Yeah, that's why Infinity Ward's just like, well, you know or two. Oh, well I thought it was wait. every year because you had Call of Modern well sorry. Modern Warfare and World at War, did they both come out the same year? No. Oh, well, never mind. Oh, you're you're seeing two in one year. I I thought you meant one every two years. No, but it's no, like, no, no. you know, that that was a Infinity Ward did a great job with the first two, right? And then they're like, well, we need to have a third one to make more money, so let's just dump it off to Treyarch. And then they're like, all right, well, we're fine because Infinity War is going to be gearing up to do the fourth one next year, so we're fine. All right, fifth year, then we're going to dump World of War in. And yeah, it was good, but they basically just piggybacked off of what Infinity War did. And now Infinity War is coming out with Modern Warfare. It's just, you don't want to dilute it. And like with the sports thing, I understand because that's been an age-old thing, you know? Yeah, and that's something that really with the sports, it's all about the innovation. It's something that we've become accustomed to, and it's not something that I think is a completely negative thing that they come out with a sports game every year, because sports in and of itself kind of... It's an annual thing. It's an annual thing. There's something that happens every year that makes it different, whether it be trades, the draft, uh, maybe new teams, upgrades to the game itself, and that, you know, warrants a new football game or basketball game or hockey game or soccer game every year, but in and of itself, it also gives the company that's producing it a chance to get even closer to that perfection of making the sports game just like playing in reality without playing in reality. I I just, I don't know, and I, I also, I mean, I also do think that it's unnecessary. It's just that we've been so used to it. I just don't right. like to see that spreading to other genres, you know? Mm-hmm. I I don't like to see that mentality like affect the other stuff that we like, um, 
And I will say that as much as like Activision has been a, kind of a, a, a thorn, not a thorn on my side because then that means that they're hampering, you know, my, <laughs> whatever. It's just been a sore spot for me. It's not as if they're the new EA for me simply because I'm looking at the stuff that they put out and I'm comparing it to the stuff that EA put out when that when they were in that whole little period of time. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, at the very least, maybe it's just perception, but quality-wise, at least it's somewhat up to snuff. I mean, they're not putting out Marvel Nemesis, for example. True. They did – wait, Marvel Nemesis, wasn't that – oh, you're talking about EA. Yeah, yeah I'm comparing they them. They recognize what isn't working, and they are also trying to focus on some new IP, like you know, Mirror's Edge, right. Inferno, um, Dead Space. No, 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 no. I, what I meant – no, I'm sorry. What I mean is Activision, for all of its milking its franchises and churning out sequel after sequel – is that the stuff that Activision is putting out is at least decent or above decent, whereas during EA's period of We Hate EA, the stuff that they were putting out was stuff like... Uh, Marvel Nemesis? Marvel Nemesis, yeah. Well, so, Marvel Nemesis, I think, was... You know, it was ex- experimental for them, and they learned from that, that it, it wasn't working. I, I, I don't know if that kind of classifies as milking because of the fact that it wasn't like Marvel Nemesis, Marvel Nemesis 2, Marvel Nemesis 2003, you know, even though it didn't work, they kept bringing it out. Right, but what I meant what I meant was in terms of like the the overall quality of the library at those at, at each company's respective period of time where they were kind of being um um shat upon by public opinion. Mhm. is that I would say that Activision's library hasn't gone to the depths of wow, well they're making money hand over fist, but they put out some really shitty games. I wouldn't say that about Activision, whereas I would have said that about EA. Ah, I understand. At that point in time. Okay. So Yeah, I mean, Activision is bringing out some quality stuff. Uh, granted, it's there's quality stuff, and then there's stuff of the exact same quality that has a different name. I mean, you got Guitar Hero, Band Hero, uh... Well, let, let me let me specify because Guitar and Van Halen are only two things. But then you have Guitar Hero Five, uh, Guitar Hero Van Halen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Van Hero, DJ Hero, um, and there's another game. There's oh, uh, Guitar Hero on tour. Two of those. Three of those now. Three of those now. There's on tour, decades, and then modern hits. Whatever that means. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's that's five games that play pretty much exactly the yep. same way. And that's what bothers me. Yeah, that's what bothers me. Um, and you know, and and I guess I guess the point, my point was simply that like, um, at least they're not terrible games. <laughs> you know? Right, they're all like, the same kind of game, and they're all good, but they're all the same kind of game at the same time. Yeah, like I haven't seen uh-huh. a, I haven't seen an Activision game that's been somewhat hyped up. Like Marvel Nemesis was sort of kind of hyped. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna. But I haven't mm-hmm. seen I haven't seen an Activision game that was sort of hyped up that that I've been like, okay, that looks like complete shit. No. No. The worst I could say is, okay, I've played that already. But it's not like, that looks like crap. Whereas EA, mm-hmm. it was kind of like that. But yeah, I t- totally get your point. I mean, the the, <laughs> the fact that there is a band hero. And it's like, well, it's different because we're focusing on pop songs and country yeah, music. It's, it's like toward women and children. Yeah. It's like, great, thanks. Yeah, we really need that. You know, and it's... <sighs> You know, at least Guitar Hero 5 actually has some kind of defining feature that you can play any instrument at any time. Mm. Uh, mm. I don't know if you can, you can't hop out of instruments though. It's not like. You know what? Actually. 
and I don't know how the party mode works exactly, mm-hmm. but in party mode, you basically like just leave the thing on, and a song is playing in the background. Someone can come in, pick up any instrument, press a button, choose a difficulty, and just start playing. See, that's, and, that's and then, a defining enhancement. Yeah. And then just be like, you know what, I'm sick of playing this, put the instrument down and stop playing, and the song keeps playing. So, and it really is a part, and actually, that is a really cool feature, and I wish that they had come up with that for, like, all the previous games, because that is a really, like, Mm -hmm. uh, for all the milking that they're doing, like, I I give them credit, that's a really nice innovative feature that, you know, again, they're probably just like, well, you know what, we're not going to make it to release date, so let's move it to Guitar Hero 5. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to call this Edgar Winters mode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, they do that, so ostensibly, I'm, I'm imagining that... You're playing the guitar part, and someone else picks up a guitar and chooses the guitar part because, you know, they, they could do four guitars. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they restrict it in that mode. Maybe they don't let you do that in that party mode. I don't know for sure. But I don't remember. All I know is that they they are highly touting that four guitar mode. Yeah, and you know what? That's I, I do think that's cool because, like, at, at a certain point, like, Guitar Hero is still about the guitar parts. Mm-hmm. I play Guitar Hero for the guitar parts. I don't play it for the banding, for the band stuff. You know, and so to be able to have a, a, a four-way competition instead of just two is, you know, is, is kind of convenient for me at least. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm still not buying it. <laughs> what? I said I'm still not buying it. I'll, I'll buy it if it goes down in price because I do want that Muse song, but otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, even I mean, would it have really been a value to you to buy it in September and get Guitar Hero Van Halen for free? Uh. Being no. that you're getting two games for thirty dollars a piece. Mm, yes, Bob's but Van Halen's gonna come out for thirty dollars, maybe. Yes, but no, because like, I don't feel like I'm. Well, I don't. I, I could always get. I could have always gotten Van Halen and eBayed or I don't know. But like, I feel like I just wouldn't use it. You know. Mm-hmm. Because of your current status with yeah. Guitar Hero as a whole. Because yeah. honestly, I think that uh, there will be some really tough guitar songs in Van Halen, but. You don't really want to play it. And I'm done with like, it. I yeah. got Smash Hits, right? And it's got all the cool stuff that we used to play back in the Guitar Hero 1, 2, and yeah. 3 days. But I'm not, I don't have an inclination to play it. You know, all I, and uh, honestly, all I really want that Muse song for is for the, for the singing part. And, <laughs> and like, I'd rather. Which is not Guitar Hero. <laughs> I'd rather do that on Rock Band, you know? And, right. and Guitar Hero has a singing part, but like, I'm, you know what? I it's just not wish that it were. Intuitive. I just wish it were c- going to come out as DLC on on Rock Band, and it doesn't look like Muse is is uh, doing that much on Rock Band, so I don't I, I don't have oh. any hope for that. So whatever. Yeah, and there's so much other stuff that Rock that Harmonix is working with. Like they're coming out with all kinds of groups that I have no interest in, and right. I'm like, you know, they're they're doing their uh, market thing. They're they're throwing out all different kinds of music because you know if I had it my way I'd just have all hard rock and heavy metal. Right. But you know, this is not for me. It's for everybody. It's not for you. Uh for you. I wish they would just have the platform like Rock Band does and then, you know just yeah, be like, here's a genre. You wanna buy it, it's fifty dollars. Or if you want to buy it piecemeal it's two dollars a song. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, then they're not gonna do that because they wanna make as much money as possible. Ooh. They wanna they want to provide a, a, a environment of pessimism and fear. And <laughs> <laughs> they want to raise prices of on games. Mm. Mm. All right, I think we've nailed this donkey to the wall. We should um we should save the bulk of it for next week, so when Pete can yeah. talk about it. So we've and he's still not here. Donkey. Oh, 
call me on my mobile. Oh, no, that's not Pete. That's my other friend. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you're apparently somewhere on the Internet. You're not actually a human being, but you're digitized. So where can they, where can they find you? I'm digitized on xlm2k.blogspot.com. Fantastic. And I don't really digitize myself too much. <laughs> but uh, if you'd like to visit, you can. And if I get more people to visit, then maybe more. I'm glad to digitize myself a little more. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and comment. Um, there, You can find Pete, since he's not here, he's probably on Facebook um, right now, making videos of himself doing something silly. Yeah, uh, ETV. Facebook.com slash... Riven, R-Y-V-V-N. Wait, is it Riven or G-S Riven? It's just Riven, right? Just Riven. Yeah, R-Y-V-V-N. Robert, your vagina, vagina, nipple. Um, and then friend of the podcast, Brian Fishman, DrFishyPants.com. He blogs about games and will save your life because he's a doctor and I'm not. Um, and then that's it. Yes. That's Closing it. remarks? Uh, nope. Go uh, do your thing and have fun with it. Yeah, so for Al... Go do your thing. Have fun with it. Woo-ha-ha. I'm your host, Mr. Chupon, and we out. We out. Stop playing around with all the clowns and the wanksters. Good girls gotta get down with the gangsters. Go ahead, girl, put some back and some makeup on it. While I stand up in the background and check a phone. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool. We out. I don't even know the words. I don't know either.